Hello everyone, my name is Richard. Welcome to Desert Island Games. Um, I normally go, I am the host, Richard. I don't know, I'm in one of those confused moods. It's been a very busy day, um, but we do have another show, another guest waiting the wings uh, for to interview to place on a desert island uh, with a selection of games as this show always, always goes. Um, my guest this week is Kroof, and I'm going to get Kroof to introduce themselves very very shortly but first of all thanks to all the patrons and everyone that listens and subscribes you know where you can catch this show it's on itunes spotify or wherever you get your favorite podcasts or you ever get your podcast from so kroof welcome to the podcast how are you i'm doing absolutely wonderful today i'm super excited to get down and chat with you thank you so much for inviting me on here uh i very excited to have you uh, i i love doing this uh we chatted a little bit before we got into the show i always say i just love talking to people um it's uh it's just a, a, who i am as a person but i love talking to people about this this strange medium that we call games and playing computer games and actually what you know, the, the common ground that we've all got, which is we enjoy computer games of different natures. But before we get into your list of games that you're going to take onto this island, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us where you can, we can find you um, on your part of the internet? Absolutely. So if you go down a dark alley, it's a little musty, a little dusty, it kind of smells, but that's where I usually am. I do a lot of YouTube stuff about Guild Wars 2 and MMORPGs. Sometimes I go on Twitch and I do uh, streaming Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and sometimes Saturday. I usually focus a lot on, you know, the MMO sphere. Might be branching out into some newer MMOs launching, but yeah, I also gotta admit, love me a good Twitter. So usually on there as well. Lovely. So what I'll do is, as I always say, send me all the details after the show where they can find you and I'll put all your uh, social media links in the podcast description. So Guild Wars 2, as I said, we did have a little bit of a, a conflab before the uh, the show started. Expansion's coming up. Um, I'm guessing you've pre-ordered it as someone who creates content for, for Guild Wars. Um, I have to ask you, A, yeah, you pre-ordered it. B, what class are you going to be playing come uh, End of Dragons? And why? Oh, that's a good... Oh, there's so many. Oh, but I I do have the pre-order on my account, and I am really excited. I got that. Got that nice raptor skin. I have this <laughs> gift skin sitting in my bank just waiting. Uh, so I'm really excited about that and super thankful to my partnership with ArenaNet. But uh, in terms of the class that I will be playing, gotta admit, I'm the altaholic type of person. I It's a flavor of the month type situation. But for my consistency's sake of just being a guardian main, I'm probably going to play through it on Willbender first. However, I do really, really enjoy Mechanist and Bladesworn. Yep. So maybe I'll be playing those quite a bit in the expansion as well. Yeah, so my Guild Wars... Some people who've listened to the show for a while know that I started out playing Guild Wars 2. It's one of my favourite MMOs. I don't... I, saying to you in the, in, again in the intro that I haven't played for about a year pre-ordered it got caught in the hype with the last trailer uh, I'm an engineer main um, and always have been oh wow yep 
I am one of those. Uh, we're we're the unjust, you know, the unjust kids of Guild Wars Two. That's how I see us. We're always hard done by. Uh, everyone always goes. We can take something better. But if an engineer turns up and they know their role, they can make a party. You know, you know, the the best party there is. Um, I gotta admit, like engineers have received the best elite specializations yep. in every expansion because i think arena nuts like hey we have the metrics no one plays engineer so we're going to make sure that they get amazing elite specs so especially with this one i mean mechanist come on now yeah controlling robots and all that good stuff i um i remember when condition damage got separated i think it was separated and it was it was actually made into like a decent damage output uh, yes like, and then <laughs> Playing an engineer, they were like one of the better roles to do for condition damage. It felt like playing a piano. That was the yeah. rotation. <laughs> Before Weaver was around, we had Heart of Thorns era engineer. Yep. Where you just did a bunch of burning and bleeding. Yep, yep. And I learned that rotation for the Veil Guardian and it was... Oh, bless you. It was great. It was great. And then I kind of was like, I'm done. I'm done. Um, but yeah, engineer is where my heart is. Um... I've had the game since it. Ca I can't remember what it came out in 2012, 2013. Yes, 2012. Yep, 2012. I bought it in the August of that year. I got. A, I got a confession. If you if you'll hear me out on this one. Oh, are you going to be controversial yet, Brave? No, I've Ooh. never done map completion. <gasps> right there with you. Right okay. there with you. Not even going to lie. I am actually map completing, world completing on my main uh, for a stream. I'm at 96%. Oh. It's been, what, 10 years? Right in, in the same boat. I'm in the front seat. I've got like 80% done. <laughs> hey, it's it's a good good start. But those hearts will really demoralize you. Yeah, the system's great. Like, So for those who don't know, we'll, we'll get into the Desert Island games in a second. Um Guild Wars 2 has quite a clever uh, questing system. You go up to the person, you they tell you what they want you to do, you walk in, do your quest, and you can walk off. You don't have to go to here, kill five bunny rabbits, get their skins, and then go take them back to the NPC. It's, you do this, do the job, go again. And it's a really clever way what? of doing it. What's That's th not how that works? No, it's not how it works. It's not... I... Are you being serious right now? I never knew that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like quite I was a bit concerned there. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> For 10 years to know that. Yeah. Um, and, um, but what you said there, Kroof, is very true. It's a uh, demoralizing system when you're about 80% in. It's like, even though they're sort of different, they're all the same. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and the skill points. It's only one bloody skill point. Uh, very true very true <laughs> yeah so uh, we i could sit and be grumpy about guild wars 2 but actually what it is is a very good mmo in what is quite a strange gaming space if that makes sense definitely it really respects your time very user-friendly yeah it's a it's a solid game. Yeah, before you know i would say this and you'd probably agree with me on this if you're looking for an mmo to start with Start with Guild Wars 2. You haven't got to do a subscription oh, yeah. fee. It's buy to play. Um, it's very... I hate the term casual when it comes to uh, to MMOs because I think that that's... Uh, it's such a... It's such a... You know, you then start segregating your... But it is a very friendly 
MMO. And what I don't mean by, I don't mean as in the community is great, the community is lovely, but what I mean by that is it's, it respects you as a person if you've got like two hours a day or you've got 20 hours a, uh, 20 hours a day. It will respect mm-hmm. your time in that sense. So, yes. Guild Wars 2 is great. Uh, go play it. Go pre-order it. Um, if you wish to, go where, where you can find Crewfield. I guess you've got affiliate links with Ringnet? I've got a couple of hyperlinks you could use if you're interested. There you in go. It. The support is partners. So anytime if you want to support someone, it's always a good good idea yeah. i'll send them your way i have technically one uh, i have a link i don't know if i could ever use it again because i don't even know if i can find it um <laughs> i was terrible content creator for guild wars 2 anyway uh so on to desert island games the show where we grab our content creator that we've got on or the person that we're speaking to by the throat by the throat by the throat and the legs um and we shove oh. them on a desert island on their own with a bunch of games that they can take on there we've got everything from childhood games speed running and different bits and pieces some of my favorite categories because we get to hear your unpopular opinions and obviously the games that you would leave behind but first of all before we get into all the exciting stuff well it is always exciting we want to go roll back a few years um because our first category is childhood game um but what i only a couple years only a couple of years what i like to find out is actually when it all started um because and for some people it might have started last year they may have you know maybe just got into gaming this media that is blowing up by the you know by the day what about yourself Kruf? when did it all start let's don't spoil the game just yet but what era when it when did you know when did it all kick off for you it was a sunny spring morning and i was a babe so i was a I was a child of 2001, and my first console was a GameCube. And I have no actual recollection of the very first video game that I played, because I got that GameCube when I was like three, and you really only start forming memories when you turn three. So video games have been a part of my life since since the earliest I can remember, Mm. honestly. Yeah. Um, GameCube, that's a great system to start with, though. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, it's it is what it's just Nintendo frustrate, and you there's a common theme that seems to be running through the uh, the Desert Island games at the minute. We, we all seem to be really jaded with Nintendo. And my jade is, and I I don't know about yourself, but they've got such an expansive and amazing back catalogue. They just don't release enough of it. I I'm gonna be honest. I'm not. I'm not really up to date in the Nintendo sphere, and I Fair. have kind of left Nintendo back in my childhood years. So I'm never really like focused on Nintendo. I don't really know what's going on with Nintendo a lot, a lot of the times. I only played Smash Brothers for the first time like two years ago. So right. I was going to say, people who are, who have got caught up with Nintendo don't know what Nintendo are doing. So don't worry, you're not missing much. So love that. <laughs> it's a company that doesn't know what it's doing itself, but. Um, so with your childhood game then that you would take on to a desert island, uh, what would you take and uh, why would you take that game? Oh, childhood games. Well, for childhood, I did play a lot of direct like movie video games. However, I was a huge fan of Naruto and the anime and the manga of Naruto. And they had an RPG uh, called uh, Naruto Uzumaki Chronicles. And I really enjoyed Naruto Uzumaki Chronicles 2. It was like, it was a very solid RPG with 
interesting combat. Uh, and I just remember being a child and like wanting so many more games like that. And then they never really went down that road. So I was a little sad. So in terms of childhood, I, I would probably take that one. Nice. I think I've played a Naruto. I think there's a Naruto game on the Switch that I've looked at, played. Um, I can't remember what system it is. But are you an RPG fan now? Or is it something that you played earlier? I'm a huge RPG fan. I love getting into that fantasy world, going into the imagination of so many developers and really exploring what we can create that is not just necessarily like warfare or you know something more of like a straightforward puzzle game i like getting lost in the narrative not to say that warfare games don't have narrative but there's something there's something innate about the rpg system that i really gravitate towards yeah um so if this i don't think this will spoil it uh, unless this is on your list uh what is considered your favorite or ultimate rpg game so unless this spoils it don't don't announce the game for a later category but if it isn't on there i'd love to know what you consider your favorite rpg or your what you consider the you know yeah your favorite i don't think this spoils it but i do really enjoy dragon age inquisition i haven't necessarily finished it but I am really enjoying the world of Dragon Age Inquisition. So in the current moment, to be truthful with my emotions, uh, Dragon Age is pretty good. Dragon Age is solid. Uh, have you ever played Origins? I haven't. If graphics are not up to date in modern, I don't touch it with a 10-foot pole. I'm just really? kidding. I, just ha I haven't gotten around to it, right. um, but I just went directly towards Inquisition because I was like, Dragon Age 4 is being announced. I should probably catch up with that series <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh yeah origins is well worth playing two is okay but inquisition the third one is a really really good game you've, you've got a good game there um and it's available pretty much everywhere and it's fairly cheap as well if anybody hasn't played it go play it um but naruto so do you still watch a lot of man or oh, watch a lot of manga i don't know if you can watch manga as yeah in <laughs> watch manga with my eyes yeah. read it with my brain that's yeah. it yeah as you know it uh do you watch a lot of anime still? Is that still sort of something that you're 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 into now? It's been an off and on relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, they cheat on me a little bit, then I come running running back, they come running back. It's a little bit of that type of situation. But I I did really enjoy Black Clover recently. Yeah. And in terms of Naruto, I actually uh, have watched Boruto, which is their their like second series with like the childhood cast uh, of the main characters after they all pushed out their spawn so um i thought it's, i think it's actually pretty good i mm. do enjoy it it gets a lot of slack but you know there's something in my childhood that's like i like it still <laughs> <laughs> i will always go back to it's comfort food exactly it's like a nice bowl of warm mashed potatoes with some nice sea salt and vinegar on it yeah it's it is that comfort that food disgusting it's yeah i was gonna say the mashed potato bit was fine and then the vin i hate vinegar I damn yeah I I just so if we ever have chips here in the UK so fish and chips they, if I ever go into a chip shop and someone's like like splashing their their food with vinegar it almost makes me want to stand outside and vomit delicious yeah do you like ranch um what is the equivalent to ranch sauce here in the UK this, well, this, hold on. This, this, <laughs> there might be a cultural barrier. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. This is uh, so. Uh, <laughs> uh, hang on, I'm literally live doing it right now. 
Well, we have a we do have a ranch sauce, like a ranch dressing. Uh, what is in it? Um, actually, I don't even know off the top of my head what's in it. Um, I probably like had a. It. I probably had it. Um, contains. Here we go. Here's the ingredients. You you UK version. Rapeseed oil, water, buttermilk from cow's milk. Buttermilk from cow's milk. Thanks for the that uh, abbreviation. White wine vinegar. Uh, so it's like a it's like a dressing here in the UK. That's what mm -hmm. it is. Um, I don't think I've ever had it. Well, I'm a very big ranch fan, so okay. I highly recommend. Okay. <laughs> Quick aside. <laughs> so uh, you're, not only are you going to take uh, Naruto Chronicles, you're also going to take ra ranch ranch dressing onto the islands, yeah? Yeah, probably not nutritious, but it'll definitely make me feel good. Uh, <laughs> make you feel better while you're sitting there sweating in the sun, waiting to be picked up. Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, that's This is why I also love the show, because we go on these tangents where all of a sudden we're talking about, well, ranch dressing. Uh, there we are. <laughs> I'm going to find some now in the UK, and I'm going to try it. And But the thing is, um, oh, we've gone. I've gone right off to uh, topic. Because uh, whereabouts here uh, in, a, I'm, I'm guessing, America? In the great, wonderful bastion of America, where we don't have healthcare. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, which uh, which state? You don't have to go into too much detail. I am in California, in the Los Angeles area. Very nice. You so, probably won't be able to find me if I just give that away. That's fine. That's all we need. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's the the cultural like the bad food differences between the UK and America is mad. Yeah, we season um, our food. Yeah, so do, <laughs> so do we in Britain. <laughs> well, with water. <laughs> a lot of people say we don't. Um, it's it's um, because we've obviously got a mutual friend that we know, Jebro, who moved to America. Lovely Jebro. Yeah, he has said that the difference is 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 quite you know amazing. Oh, we we're, yeah. we're coming to America next year. We're going to Florida. I've been a couple of times in the past. And yeah, the food. I, I normally when I go to America, I just crave uh, roasted roast food, like roast dinner, so potatoes, mm, chicken, definitely gravy, all that kind of stuff. Lots of salt, lots of sugar. You know, di direct addiction for the brain to really just fall in love with. Yeah, so it's all that comfort food, but not mashed potato and uh, vinegar. That, mm. <laughs> that's that's not comfort food. Uh, <laughs> the tangent will continue. Trust me. So. Um, on to speed running. Are you a speed running fan? I have a respect for speed runners because I am not that type of gamer at all. I like to take my time. I like it nice, slow and steady. Slow and steady wins the race. Um, but I also really enjoy taking it easy and taking it slow for the appreciation aspect of it. So many people, there's so much time and effort that goes into games mm. that uh, I'm the type of person that really wants to look at every detail, read every lore book, every lore piece, um, be invested in the music and the voiceover. So I'm not much of a speedrunner myself, but on the objective layer, I do find it rather impressive, the shortcuts and the mastery and the memorization that these players uh, achieve to do such feats. Yeah, um, so I, I slapped this uh, this category in there um, because of, with the, the old pandemic doodah, uh, you know, that, that thing that happened. Uh, yes. <clears throat> won't mention its name, um, but speed running absolutely blew up. YouTube, Twitch, mm -hmm. it became a, a massive thing. And I've done some speed running myself and 
I've tried to speed run things like uh, Metroid. I've done some speed running of Mario Kart. Um, and I'm like you. I'm in awe of those people that actually do it and do it to the yes. level of skill that they do to be able to break a game in the way that they do to get to the next point is just insane without falling into the void <laughs> yeah you know and you sit there and you think to yourself well what did i just watch yeah <laughs> you're like what was that yeah I, I love games done quick and all those kind of things but it hurts my brain to work out what they're doing is the kind of crazy bit um but yes for yourself, if you were, you know, on the island and you had to take a game with you that you had to speed run, what would you take? I, my brother um, was a huge portal player every single day in and out portal. And I think he also tried speed running uh, through portal sometimes. And I definitely wasn't all of that. And I, I have good good memories of Portal, so I would probably choose Portal as well, have a uh, familial family relationship of just hyper-focused Portal playing. Um, that's a really solid choice. It's a really good game as well. Portal is uh, oh, yeah. is just um, insane. And the second one's even better. The story through, through it is great. Yes. If only Valve could count to three, I mean, we would have some good, good franchises. Yeah, Valve... <laughs> <So> Portal... <laughs> are really good really solid games <laughs> valve can't count to three they've only got two fingers on each hand and they still can't That's count so to three sad. i know i i i think i i'm really scared if they ever did release half-life Three. Oh, that's not even good enough half-life uh, that I, that game is the most deserving of a third to leave off on a cliffhanger like that yeah it's it's really sad isn't it that actually but i think valve well obviously valve are very self-aware they know that uh, producing half-life free a would break the internet but do you think it's at a point now where actually it wouldn't be as good as people hope well the quality of the game is just up to the, the the product at the very end. But in terms of like social reception, I think it would be kind of a it'd be kind of a, a girl boss move to then wait like years, years. upon decades and then be like, Oh yeah, remember we were we planned to release this this third game. Uh we'll just I guess do it now. And I think the Half Life series and Valve have such a reputation that it, it would probably be very successful. But, of course, it just matters about the writing and the gameplay. But. Yeah, of course. I I do fear there's this kind of, especially with Half-Life 3, we're at that point now where, quite possibly, it's too too hyped. If there's ever a sniff of, of Half-Life 3, everyone's like, oh, my God! And then I think it'll kind of go, actually, yeah, no, this isn't what we thought it was going to be kind of thing. You have a good point. I think there are definitely uh, eras within gaming that have like almost like a lightning in the bottle uh, quality to, to them. Yeah. And of course, with modern day, there's so much about the money. There's so much about the corporation, uh, the monetization of everything and the overall way developers are kind of engineered themselves to produce games. Uh, there was a magic back in the day that it felt very not that it's not genuine now, but it was a different 
feel yep. of genuineness and magic to those games. We also could just be looking at that through rose-colored glasses, but that's just how I feel. No, uh, back in the day, you actually got a game that was a full game for your full price. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's not oh looking gosh. through roast tinted glasses i i am a very jaded person with the triple a gaming industry and i think um i think a lot of people are i think the the issue you have is there's been so much of this we need to keep players in our game for as long as possible so we're going to give you 70 yes. percent of a game what well, you're not an mmo you you're you're not a live you know not every game needs to be a live service you know, yeah. make a good single-player story. Take uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen, recent AAA game, absolutely incredible. Well, it didn't need to be a live service. It still had monetization nope. in it because it's EA. Um, but then you look at Assassin's Creed Valhalla, it's a over-bloated live service because Ubisoft just want you to keep in it and no doubt that'll have NFTs at some point. Um yeah. So it's, like game companies drop the bag and yep. hit the door. Like just yeah. drop drop the bag. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just frustrating. How about this for a twist? Um what happens if everyone who pre-ordered the Steam Deck gets a free copy of Half-Life 3? And it doesn't come out anywhere else. <laughs> oh my god. That would be so evil. Be brilliant. That would be so evil. But uh, if content creators got their hands on that, It'd be the only place you could go and watch it. But yep. the piracy, the piracy of that product would be out of this world. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting thought. I've I pre-ordered uh, my a Steam Deck, so I could be one of these people that you know, Valve are like we've we've done it. The reason the Steam text deck's taking so long is because we were actually developing Half Life Three for it, and it's the only place you can play it. See, I live in an apartment, so I don't really have like a patio area to put a deck, so I didn't order that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, mine's going to go out on the road. Um, <laughs> so, with, uh, with games, I think, I don't know about yourself, but me, um, I there's certain games that I could replay. There's only a few. Mm. Um, once I've completed a game, eventually, I kind of go, that's enough. But I have a game that I love to sit down and I love to play off stream or off content. Solitaire. Free sell, actually. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> it's actually Minesweeper. That game is so intense oh. that I can't play it online. Um, but no, in all seriousness, um, I, I'd i like to think that as, as people who play games, we've all got that kind of, again, comfort food. One of mine is Final Fantasy X. I know the story inside out. I can play it from start to finish and not worry. And sometimes, once a year, I will do that just because like, it is my comfort food. So, what about you, Kroof? Have you got a game that you would just, that you can just repeat, you know, year on year? Not a game, not necessarily a game that I can repeat year on year, mm. but if I could, like, go in with fresh, fresh eyes, never playing it, I would have to pick World of Warcraft. There, there was something wow. so magical, literally, uh, there was something so magical about WoW that it... it it changed me fundamentally. It fused into my DNA and made me this this long term MMO player. But World of Warcraft was my very first introduction to like a fantasy MMO. Yeah. And I I just I went in there thinking that a mage could heal, and I wanted to be a healer. And I was like, I, I rolled a mage, got up to like level twenty. I was like, 
why are there no healing abilities? And then I was like, oh, what's this? this is a priest class. Maybe I should look up, you know, how to play this game. Uh, so I would probably choose World of Warcraft and like replay my first experience because five-year-old me, I mean, <laughs> what a wild time. <laughs> yeah, as I, as I said, Guild Wars 2 is my first. I never played WoW back in the day. I never, I never really, I obviously grew up in the gaming gaming space and knew of WoW, but never played it. My parents weren't these type of parents. Who were like, that's an evil game. You can't play that. <laughs> um, I just didn't bother. I was into racing games and shooting games as I was growing up and mm. um, missed that kind of World of Warcraft boom. Um, yeah, I played during like its height. Uh, yeah. I, I got in during Wrath of the Lich King. Uh, so yes. I necessarily wasn't like vanilla... I have I have less credit because I wasn't a part of vanilla or like right. BC. Yep. But Wrath of the Lich King was definitely a, a great era in WoW's life. I think that was kind of peak WoW. Um, f from what I remember reading and what I've read, obviously recently, and it's a real shame. And I'm not going to go into all the the Blizzard's recent controversy and all of that kind of stuff that happened last year, or is still going on. I should say it's not happened. It's not done and dusted. Um, what are your thoughts about uh, Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard? Strange. It feels like <laughs> it feels like these companies are just becoming monoliths. Like yep. they're they're having a monopoly on so many uh, development companies, and I don't really have any direct positive or negative ideas around it. As long as Microsoft can have like decent management, have a good HR department. And treat and oversee these uh, these companies with kindness, and you know even maybe more more uh, economic backing. I hope to see. I'm not, I'm not writing off Blizzard entirely. I would like to see a, a, a resurgence story, a redemption yeah. arc with Blizzard, and I hope that people who are still working there are taking care of themselves and are you know finding finding passion in the games that they're still making. Uh, but I really hope that situation resolves itself. Uh, within the years to come and for us to really take this this matter more seriously in the future for not to happen again. Yeah, it can only... Dare I say it in the way I'm going to say it and it's not how I mean to say it, but it can only hopefully do good for the future if that makes sense. You know, it's yeah, a... hopefully we learn. Yeah, it's a, a learning curve for everyone in the gaming industry that game developers are human at the end of the day. They aren't robots that can work 15 hours a day that should be subjected to what they were subjected to at blizzard it's not just at blizzard though it's at other companies as well a hundred percent you know and i'm not i'm not saying that every triple a gaming company out there is squeaky clean because they're clearly not um but i love this industry i love the gaming industry and i want it to be better better not only for us as players but better for those people who are making those games for us to play um and i know microsoft a few years back went through their own um like rehabilitation is the best way to, I think to put it so hopefully with Phil Spencer at the helm um, and they get rid of Bobby Kotick um, I think then hopefully there could be a a real change and we could have that redemption arc because Blizzard are one of the backbones the cornerstones of the gaming industry they have great great lore great worlds that really made me fall in love with gaming yeah, uh, and like many people, you know, you, many people have followed that same path. Their World of Warcraft, their Diablo, the Star, uh, the RTS one that I can't think of uh, off the top of my head. Starcraft. Starcraft. Thank you. Uh, you know, Starcraft kind of 
made the esports scene what it is. It's that backbone. You've got things like Overwatch that are out there as well. And all these different games that Blizzard are responsible for, I would really hate to see flush down the pan because other people weren't very nice. Mm. You know? Period. And that's that's been that's making a very polite way of the subject. And like I said, I've I've gone into my thoughts and feelings on this show on previous episodes about Blizzard and their their practices. So but World of Warcraft, I think it's quite a good shout. I think it's one of those games that it's it's definitely one that I can I can imagine you'd want to um sort of wipe those memories clean if that makes sense and then step back into that world. Yeah. Um yeah, no, that would be that'd be an amazing experience on it. I okay, I want to replay this game, but I want to wipe my memory before I do it. <laughs> yeah, and it's like what age would I be if I replayed it? Like would I be replaying it as I currently am or would I be playing it when I was like a child? That's a really That good... would also change the the whole entire perception of the game too. Yeah, that's a really good kind of thought. It's that kind of well if I wipe my memory clean now and play it now, will it have a different effect on me or will it have the same you know that's a really good kind of thought mm. that is i like that so um yeah uh world of warcraft if you haven't played it do play it, it might be on game pass soon since microsoft owned them so wait for it to come on to there um systems game systems now i'm guessing uh from i may be wrong on this okay you started with gamecube uh did you have many game systems through through growing up or was it did you kind of get into pc gaming and that was it i had a decent i had a decent pool of of consoles that i went through growing up yep yeah yeah i would say that i'd say that cool so uh which one would you take on a desert island we're letting you take one Mm, i'll take a tamagotchi i'm just kidding (laughs) probably not a tamagotchi but um i bet you could play sky i bet you could play skyrim on a tamagotchi definitely play skyrim play wow play cyberpunk yeah um you said system yes you say console so my instant answer would be pc because like internet and everything and just connections that's cheating but you know, we should we should uh, relook at the prompt, rewrite that. But uh, <laughs> in terms of consoles, I probably would take. Um, I was gonna say the Wii because it would probably keep me active, but I'm already on a desert island, so I would probably be like doing a lot of strenuous activities and being hot already. So I do have. I think the longest console that I used was probably probably the Xbox 360. So I'd take that out of uh, loyalty to the Xbox. Did yours suffer the same fate as mine, which was the Red Ring of Death? The Red... Yep. Mm, yep. Oh, you, <laughs> you crawled into my brain and you pulled that memory out. Damn it. Yep. When that happened, I was like, what is this? Oh, it's dead. <laughs> it's like, oh no. What Our am, Xbox. What am I gonna it's do? broken. What am I going to play Oblivion on now? I can't. It's like, what about Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm? I can't. I want to play that fighting game. Like, uh, will you take this back? No, we don't know what that is. It's <laughs> dead. That's what it is. Uh, I, I think I, I went through two Xbox 360s for that. I think I, I, think I had one because we got rid of the Xbox and got a PS3. So I think we went through Ooh, one. Bougie. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a Sony man growing up. That's what I was. Mm. Yeah, I was a... I had a PS2. <laughs> uh, I had Nintendo, uh, NES... Snares and then PS One, 
There was a GameCube and N64. I do remember those just about. And then PS2, PS3, Xbox 360 in there at some point. And then PS4. And I haven't got any of the latest generation consoles except from... I can't really call the Switch the latest generation because that hardware was out of date when it came out. You can. It was relatively released within the last couple of years. It was, but the hardware was out of date when it was released. Um, yeah, the Wii U. The Wii U, people forget about that Wii, that console. The pioneer of the Switch. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, I never really uh, knew a Wii, uh, the Wii U existed until I started getting back into gaming. I was like, what wow. is this thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, and there was I like... Mean, it's not your fault. No, because no one did. Um, I had a Vita. The Vita was amazing. Uh, I had a PSP. I had one of those as well. Uh, but I, yeah, it was. But what I never understood about Sony, well, I do know why they did it. But why a UMD disc? What is that? Oh, and then the Vita, their own proprietary <laughs> memory cards that you've got to spend like sixty quid Ooh. on. Like no. Yeah, I didn't bother with the Vita at all. I was like, I had the PSP, it was lit, and they're like, we have the Vita. I was like, I'm out. Yeah, the Vita was the confused child uh, because it was it didn't know if it wanted to be a phone or a games console. If Sony released like a PSP updated this like in this generation, just imagine the like we Nintendo Switch is so successful having portable games yeah. on like a handheld PSP PS Vita like 2.0 device. Oh, that would be very convenient and would probably sell pretty well. Uh, well, I don't know because the reason the Vita failed was because Sony didn't, as I said, didn't know what they wanted to do with it. And then the, the marketing got so confusing that they, they killed it themselves. Um, well, learn from Nintendo. Yeah. Fix your mistakes. Get better. Don't get bitter. <laughs> just get better. Get better. That's why I, I, that's what I always say about the Steam Deck. Valve's looked at Nintendo and gone, well, you're not going to give everyone a 4K version, a pro version. And it's that scene um, in uh, Avengers where you see Thanos for the first time and he goes into the, he picks the glove up and he's like, fine, I'll do it myself. That's Gabe. That is Gabe. He's like, I'm going to give everyone the ability to play 4K get or the best graphics mm. on the go. So, um, but yeah, the Xbox 360 was a console and a half apart from the ones that died. Um, but you also did mention the PC. I suppose it's not just for gaming reasons. It's all the other connections that you've got with the PC. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. going to Uber Eats some pizza over to the des deserted island. I'm like, <laughs> I've had enough of these coconuts. Give me some pizza. <laughs> yeah, um, there was a there was a rule uh, implemented once that was no internet, but we'll let you off this time. Uh, we'll we'll yeah, we'll let you. Uh, I take my own internet. Yeah, <laughs> just pack up in a box. If you don't like the rules, break them, change them. <laughs> yeah, you're not the first person to break the rules on this show. Don't worry, and you, you won't be the last. Um, so, did you have a? What was with the 360? What was like your favorite game that you played back on the 360? Hmm. Oh, I blocked out so much of those years in my memory. Sorry, good. Anyway, bring it back. <laughs> it was really hard, but um, I think that was definitely my my fighting game prime, and I was such a huge Naruto fan that I was definitely grinding out Naruto uh, Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm two, Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm three, Ultimate Ninja Storm Generations. Uh, that was. That was, I think, my go-to game on the Xbox 360. Yeah. Then I think I sometimes would play other, you know, like direct movie, movie to video game tie-ins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we don't talk about them once. Uh, 
that was what I got started on in the GameCube. My parents were like, sure, here's like a Teen Titans thing. Here's like a flushed away game. Here's a Shrek game. We found this. How much was it? It was it was it was bargain bin. Excellent. Yes. Um, I stole it. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite actually was the the Marvel uh, tie-in games. So like the Marvel Activision um, Ultimate Alliance. They were great. They were honestly they were some of the best RPGs you could play. You know who has some great tie-in games? Lego. Oh. Lego knows how to do yes, it. Yes, yes. And they release it on every single platform. It's unreal. Oh, it's so good. Um, I'm looking forward to their new one. The Lego Skywood, Sky Saga, Star Wars Saga thing. It's like it covers all nine uh, films. Um, oh, and it's got like three, 300 characters that you can play as. I already struggle with choice, so yeah. that would be a hell world yeah. for me. <laughs> I'm going to play with this character for five minutes. No, I need to change it. I'm, I'm the same. I am an alcoholic in Guild Wars 2. Uh, yes. I can't. The, the How one, many characters do you have? Uh, I'm not that bad. I've got eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, go on in. Announce to everyone how many characters you have in Guild Wars 2. Um, I have 30. 30. Mm, I got 30. 30. Are they all the characters. are they all the same class? Please say they're all the same class. Yeah, they're all the same model. They're all human female. They're all <laughs> elementalists. No, I I like to change it up quite a bit. I need my 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 eyeballs need some variety in life. Thir yeah, you like to change it up thirty. That's 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 yeah, a, yeah that's extreme. Some I mean, people have like five full accounts. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, Teapot. Yeah, that's who I was going to mention. Teapot. Yeah, Mighty Teapot. And the way he just, like, one day you'll be watching him and he'll be on one account. Then he's gone through and it's like, how many accounts do you have? You know? <laughs> like, why? I was going to make a joke about he's the only person propping up the servers of Guild Wars 2, but they're pretty oh, active. <laughs> you got you got to make that gold. It yeah. is a great way to actually find gold. Yeah, it is. Um, I, don't, I don't have multiple accounts. I have one at EU and one NA. Um but my NA account doesn't actually it's only got Heart of Thorns I think doesn't even have like mm. all the new content I was like uh, but 30 30 that's mad yeah. I have an EU account too but I don't use it because I can swap regions anytime uh, you're one of those lucky ones aren't you yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am yeah um, when I interviewed uh, Ruby Bayer um, I asked off the podcast if it was something that could be done and she was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Never happened. <laughs> it can be done. Yeah. Just isn't probably getting to be a situation. <laughs> or they'd have to monetize it if it's not already. Yeah, no, because uh, are you you're partnered with ArenaNet, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. I so ArenaNet partners, I know that that's something they get is as part of their kind of the partner program. They're able to switch between the, the regions, which is, I think, um, I think it's cool. I just, I mean, I haven't. At one point, I had pushed to be a Guild Wars 2 partner, and I was on that plat that way, and then just kind of went, nah, can't be bothered anymore. <laughs> you gotta have that fire, you gotta have that dedication, that ironclad resolve. Yeah, I didn't. I've been in the trenches. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm watching you all from the t trenches going, you have fun down there, I'm gonna, I'm going over here. Yeah, it's, 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 it's yours, see you later. Um, no, I, it's... Yeah, they but they're a nice company. They really are. Fantastic. Yeah, great, so, great times with them. Which is good. Uh, I think um, 
anybody who I've ever spoken to that spent time with Arena Net over the years has always had real positive things to say about them. So that's cool. But I still, I'm still on the floor. Thirty characters. I know Mighty Teapot's got like five hundred accounts and stuff, but thirty. Do you actually use them all? Oh, God, no. Um, I go through once again cycles in my life where I will pay. There's actually one character I probably should delete her. I haven't touched her in so long. She's my Asura Daredevil. But um, I think I give some characters more attention, but then I will feel bad for them and I'll play the other ones that I haven't given attention. I, I have two characters that I use mostly, which is my engineer and my guardian. I just flick through the other ones because they're at certain chests at certain point just to open these chests. Ooh. Yeah, I don't That's do much. That's fun. You're like, oh, this one has a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, this has a birthday. I actually, I actually logged into one that had two birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> It was my, my I don't know if that's a victory or a failure. I, it felt pretty good when I did it. Um, it was my uh, Azura, uh, no, it was my Necro, my Savari Necro. I was like, ah, I better log into my salad. Oh, oh, I haven't logged in onto this for a while. So, <laughs> two birthdays. I was like, thanks. Moving on. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could talk about that game uh, for ages. So, but. We've got more games to find. We've got more games to take onto the island. Uh, before we get into your unpopular gaming opinion, we're going to go through the last two categories, which is the uh, game for your favorite generation and your underrated mm. gem. So we'll mix it up a little bit because, um, uh, you know, well, it keeps people listening. Uh, if, if most people are here for the unpopular gaming opinion, then switch off. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. We're going to chain you along a little bit. That's it. Uh, you know, carrot on stick kind of thing. Anyway. So, do you have a game from you know, a favorite generation? Define generation. Do you mean like console? Yeah. So year. Yeah. So, what I mean by generation is that. Co- so, I kind of include PC in those kind of generations. So, uh, the previous generation I think was Generation Seven, uh, which was the PS4 and the Xbox, whichever Xbox they released. Mm. Then, yeah, generations before that. Um, it's a bit vague in generation, but. PC, a uh, PC hardware as well as it kind of lines up. So the latest oh graphics cards on the 3080s and 3090s would be this new generation of consoles, if that makes sense. All right. I, I mean, uh, my favorite generation, probably all the games that I've talked about, I have a deep love and respect for. But to keep it interesting and spicy, I will say that one of my favorite childhood games that my brother and I would just addictively play was wizard 101 it is a colorful fun childhood strategy mmo where you're like it's a turn-based combat system with a lot of magical creatures and i gotta admit like if wizard 101 didn't have a subscription like wall or a gate behind its progression where you had to pay money wizard 101 would be insanely popular within the gaming sphere, me thinks. Um, I'm looking at it right now. It's you can play for free. Uh, that is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like uh, you can play for free up until like level ten. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, wow. They're they're active on Twitter and everything. I've never yeah. heard of this. Uh, I mean, it's a little. It's. Not necessarily a gem. I have another game for that. But Wizard 101, real good. 
No, that's cool. That's uh, again, it's one of those things about this show is we get recommended many different different uh, games. If anybody needs to know, the uh, the Twitter account is followed by none other than Mr. Beast. So maybe Period. there we go. <laughs> We're uh, but I've yeah never heard of it. it. It's and it's probably got an absolute insane player base. Oh, don't I literally go on their YouTube uh, the YouTube community sometimes and like these Wizard One Hundred One YouTubers are like pulling hundred Ks to like in the hundred Ks from varying from like one hundred to five hundred. Some videos Wizard One Hundred One. Wizard 101 is kind of the silent the silent assassin. Yeah. Uh that's uh that's uh that's a bit mad. Though Josh Strife Hayes, the lovely Josh Strife Hayes has done a video and it's part of his worst MMO series. <laughs> well, he made several points. He is a legend and he did kind of go in. Well, it is if it's just the model. The yeah, monetization yeah. model is so whack and especially because it's so targeted towards kids. It is very much like Get your kids to come up to your parents and go, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, give me your credit card. Ooh. And uh, yeah. So that's, that's where I don't, that's where I dislike companies and their, their monetary monetization actions. I think, mm -hmm. you know, if a game is designed for an audience that if you're catering for an audience where they a can't clearly can't go out and, and earn their own money, but B also don't probably understand the value of money and what you have to do to earn that money then you shouldn't be monetizing it in any way shape or form it should be a buy to play model you should be offering that service without constant monetization i mean roblox is one of those games that falls into that same category where the monetization the money roblox makes is absolutely bonkers but mm -hmm. it's kids that they're targeting and it just doesn't sit right with me Get start paying the rent, kid. Yeah, uh, if my if my if get my, a job. Yeah, my lad plays Roblox. If he wants to start buying stuff, he can go out and he can work. He's nine. Um. <laughs> lemonade. Yep. Anyone want some lemonade? That's uh, the way to do it. You want them Roblox? You wrote the Robux. You gotta earn them. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I've never heard of Wizard One Hundred One, um, and it, I think it's um, one of those games that falls into the same category of there's a. DC uh, online MMO that I think oh, is the same. There is. I used to play that too. But the problem with that is it sounds like it's the same issue. A lot of the good content is all gated by uh, behind, uh, you know, monetization of some mm. form. Yes. Yeah. DC I online. I didn't get super far in that, but I used to play some DC online. That was a, that was a, it was a fun little game. A lot of fun, interesting mobility options. Yeah, it was good until you realized that actually all the cool content was stuck behind a subscription fee. Those damn subscription fees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, them damn subscription fees. So do you have an underrated gem that you could recommend to us uh, while you're on the island? Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. I mean, I'm going to say it. I have not mentioned Guild Wars 2, and I was leaving it for this spot. Because despite us talking about Guild Wars 2, I have to admit that Guild Wars 2 feels like an underrated gem. It doesn't get as much public recognition that I think it deserves. Too many various um, social and business happenings, which uh, could affect the marketing of the game. But I think the game 
can speak for itself in in most scenarios by just trying it out and playing it. So I would I would probably put Guild Wars 2 in, in that category of an underrated gem. I did wonder if it was going to come here, uh, as in your mm. underrated game. I honestly agree with yeah. you. I think it is, it, as games go, it is very underrated in the sense of what it does in the MMO sphere. Uh, your top ones are World of Warcraft. Whatever people think about Activision Blizzard, World of Warcraft will always be here. It will be one of the top MMOs, like, and that will be for years to come. And Blizzard know that. They, they've they got a formula. Final Fantasy fourteen have a similar formula. They can charge people £8.99 or your region equivalent and keep those people involved for whatever reason. Guild yeah, Wars 2, yeah, it's you know it's it's crazy that that m- so many people play Final Fantasy 14 on that subscription. Guild Wars 2 doesn't offer any of that. It's a one-time deal. You pay your, I mean the uh, EOD expansion cost me twenty-three, twenty-four pound, I think it was. The base game when I bought that, I've I've, st- I've got the um, you probably probably the same. I've got the disc version, so I've got the actual case and all that kind of stuff of the original. Oh no! So yeah, I've got the original download. I've got the original uh, disc version of Guild Wars Two. It cost me thirty pounds. A great deal. Yeah, and I have got so many hours in that game, but it is so underrated. It's so underrated. And I think, like, I think Guild Wars 2 is deserving of at least an optional subscription if people want to put money towards this game. And if we got actual clear messaging that the income from that would be put into producing more content for Guild Wars 2 and, you know, increasing their team size, their resources, I think Guild Wars 2 is very deserving. I mean, if years have shown that World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy fourteen players are willing to mm. pay a mandatory subscription each month to play the game. I think having an optional like seasonal pass or subscription model for Guild Wars 2 is something that, you know, ArenaNet might want to look into because I've heard a lot of people say that they would be willing if it meant we got more consistent, high quality content and endgame. It's um it's strange that they don't have a season pass. You look at uh, Elder Scrolls yeah. Online, which is the other very big MMO. They have an optional subscription. You pay yeah. uh, uh, about eight quid and you get all of the content they release. You don't get the expansions. You have to buy them separately. But you get all the content and you get you get some extra bits and pieces. You know, offer that as a, as a, as a you know, incentive. People pay for ESO Plus and mm-hmm. people don't even think about it. Um, you know, got it together. (laughs) Yeah, I I honestly think that ArenaNet could do so much, except from offering people to buy skins for their mounts, and that's wonderful. Which is weird. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, mount skins in a gem store and never obtainable in game from doing end game content. It's it's very strange. Yeah, it's you know it's obviously the way they want to turn around and monetize part of their game, but. There's other ways to monetize in the you know in 2022. Yeah, you got to find that balance. I'm I'm all here for some mount skins being on the gem store, especially those extremely flashy ones. Yeah, but mounts are such a tried and true, proven way of people wanting to farm content for a skin to look yes. good in the game. Yeah, you um, 
The idea of farming a, a mount skin or a weapon skin or a piece of armor, it's to look different from said person mm. next to you. And they can still do what they do in this game with their... Because I love the, the way the stats work. You know, you can get to exotic level gear and pretty much be able to do all the content in the game without any problem, you know, and there's no kind of gear grind. There's none of that. I think that's great. But actually, what would add to that is allowing people to farm special-looking gear in-game. Give them that option. You know, Absolutely. I just, yeah, you people complain all the time that there's not enough to do on Guild Wars 2 at that top end. But Arena's sitting there and going, oh, we've released a new mount skin. On the gem store. Thanks. So I have my, yeah, I have my love my my love and hate with them. So um but yeah. So your unpopular gaming opinion. I love this category because we get to really hear uh some some unpopular stuff or oh. yeah, so I'll give an example of a few that have been said. Uh one of mine is Final Fantasy Seven is an overhyped piece of trash. Um, <laughs> yep yeah, that's uh, that's that's where i am with it um i've had people say that they love uh buying the experience boosters because they don't have enough time to play the games uh <laughs> which made me laugh um someone said metal gear solid uh story isn't as good as people think it is that upset me a lot so they're kind <sighs> of the examples of what we we have for unpopular gaming opinion so Kruf, what is yours Oh, trying to get me cancelled over here. Damn. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> I don't know if I have any, like, cutthroat, grating, you know, stick-in-the-knife-deep type of opinions. But I-, I think I've noticed a consistent downward trend of the RPG aspect to MMORPG. And I think it has really detracted from the experience of the MMO. It's lost a little bit of that life to it, especially when you get rid of class trainers or class quests or, you know, certain racial quest lines or something to to signify an adventure within the world that you're playing in. Uh, We've seen somewhat of a decline with World of Warcraft a little bit. Even in Guild Wars 2, they've taken out a lot of class trainers. They revamped how you actually learn about the class. So, in terms of my opinion, I think that it is a, an unwise move to get rid of RPG aspects for the sake of convenience. I think that's a really good if opinion. Yeah, no, it makes re- it makes a lot of sense because I think I think probably, and uh, this may not be where this is how I take it, and you may agree or not. Um, it's that constant need of companies wanting you to stay in the game. But thinking that their player base isn't smart enough to understand those bits and pieces. But also, they want you to cut through a lot of that content because they think it's meaningless content and play the stuff that's going to keep you in their gaming loop, spending that Mm -hmm. money. Um, It's strange. Yeah. Because it's like people want... uh, The optimal situation is for games to have people in their game for... Or is for developers to have people in their game for 24 hours every day. Yeah. But that is not uh, a reasonable experience. I think games have a much better time when their reputation is that they have a extremely well-furnished, populated 
uh, developed world with quest lines and things to do. We need that gameplay. We need that sense of like, why are we even doing this? Or, you know, a raid boss or some epic quest line, which doesn't necessarily mean that you're in it 24 seven, but you have a, a chunk of time where you're really devoted to it. And then you could, you know, leave. And, and when you leave, you say, Hey, Guild Wars 2 had a really great experience. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of games are losing that. They're losing that kind of, they're losing that backlore of your character of different bits and pieces. And they're just kind of yeah. cutting through so you can go to this bit because people, they, the, the developers think you want to play that bit first. Well, actually, there's a lot of gamers out there, a lot of people who play games who actually want to sit and learn why this class is this class and what made this class this class or made this character this character. Which is why I give a lot of props to Final Fantasy XIV, like mega props for their yeah. consistency with their storyline and you actually having job quest lines. Uh, it's a really lore-friendly RPG experience. Does that mean it is a good experience? Absolutely not. It is a terrible beginner experience. Uh, it is extremely difficult to fall in love with Final Fantasy XIV. Kind of have to fight, uh, force yourself into that love situation, which isn't always the healthiest. But uh, when money's involved, <laughs> yep. No, I know what you mean. I think, um, and I think even uh, modern non MMO RPGs, other RPGs, they're losing that kind of lore. They're losing that kind of yeah. back detail. I'm currently playing through Divinity Original Sin Two. That game is mm. dripping with lore, and Just it's dripping. such an experience that. You pick up a note or you pick up a book and you read it and you go, okay, I understand why that person was doing that thing. And then a couple of hours later or four or five hours later, you pick up another note and it's actually linked to that note you you first read. And you're like, oh, this is expanding on the, the world's law. This is what I want to see. Exactly. And it just. I mean, I also took a little dive into Baldur's Gate 3. And I had a really nice time with that game. Excited to see where that goes. Yep. Hopefully it releases <laughs> sooner than later because I the, enjoyed it. The thing is, um, I, and I said it to one of my friends because uh, they were like, oh, I've never played Divinity Original Sin 2, but we played Baldur's Gate 3. I say, go play Divinity Original Sin 2 because you'll understand why they got the Baldur's Gate license. Because mm -hmm. Divinity Original Sin 2 is one of the best CRPGs that you can get. It's one of the best games money can buy. So much flexibility so much you can do but not only just that as we've said it is oozing with lore story it's got something for everyone but that kind of um studio doesn't exist anymore true 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 you know, I, well i say that bungie who recently got bought by sony which was the strangest acquisition i've seen oh, yeah. ever that game is dripping with a. It's, it's got an amazing story. I love Destiny Two. I am. I'm a Destiny Two oh. fiend. Um, but they, the the thing that annoys me about it is they cut content that we've paid for. And it's like that's that's content that's got great story to it. Don't like new players need to play that. <laughs> stop doing. Stop. They're taking a Living World Season One approach. They're like, and it's out of here. Yeah, seriously, they are. they're taking a War a Warframe approach and vaulting things. Wow. Yeah. So um, out of none of that. Yeah. But I did play a little bit of Destiny too. I didn't get very far into it, but I played a little bit of Destiny one as well. That's why I tried out Destiny two. But it was a, it was a good, good experience. It was fun. It's, it has a very interesting world. Uh, yeah, it's an amazing world. Some of the best shooting mechanics you'll find uh, in any game. 
But the fact that Bungie, and I'm excited for the Witch Queen expansion, which also launches this this month. Um, mm, it does. So you've got Witch Queen, Elden Ring, and Guild Wars 2 all in the same month. Uh, some, and Lost Ark. Uh, yeah, uh. Lost Ark. At some point, we'll sleep. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just don't, I don't understand what, and I agree with you. I think that's a very good unpopular gaming opinion that actually RPGs, studios, studios that make RPGs, even MMORPGs, you know, and other RPGs are on this downward trend where actually the the lore is missing from characters, the character quest lines, the job class. Could you imagine if Guild Wars 2 had actual Revenant, well, use Revenant or Engineer or whoever, but quest like job quests like final fantasy 14 baby i've been talking about this so much recently i am extremely invested in the classes of guild wars 2 just from like a build craft standpoint but with that i'm like elite specs and end of dragons they have npcs that tell the lore but i'm like you could actually put gameplay attached to yeah. the system where you actually go to that NPC and you start a quest line to learn about your lead spec and then have a quest line about the acquisition of the weapon and yep. the unique armor skin that's tied to that elite spec. There's a lot of possibility there. I just don't think they ever have tapped into class quest lines. But they could. They I could. Guess. Yeah. I mean, let's take the engineer's uh, mechanist like spec. How did that engineer come to getting the mechanist? What would be great is that you had a quest line where you go see a, a, a an Azuran professor. Here we go. I'm going to pitch an idea. Azuran professor. And he's, you know, into the tech side of stuff. And he shows you how to build. But you have to go out into the world and find mm-hmm. and and source these parts to build your jade mech. Not only would and that... Go on. Oh, sorry. You can no, 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 no. I was going to say, not only would that allow you to explore the new worlds or even the old worlds... But mm. it would also open up a, a rich story to how this person started making JTech and getting involved in it and why. Just, yeah. Even in End of Dragons, I think it is really unfortunate that when End of Dragons launches, I will be able to instantly acquire and fully train a Canthan elite spec before even setting foot in Cantha. Yeah. It is convenience, absolutely, but I think it detracts from the gaming experience as a whole. Because that that's what happened to me in Path of Fire. I went on my main, I had excessive amounts of hero points, logged in, instantly trained Firebrand, didn't even touch uh, the desert, played the entire experience as a fully formed Firebrand. And I was like, yeah. lore-wise, this makes no sense. Gameplay-wise, is it convenient? Sure, but could you actually have a questline tied to this where you learn the lore and how that class is played? Is it more of an offensive thing? Do you have to learn more defensive magic or how to heal or support a teammate? There's a lot you could do with that in terms of also how how the game teaches classes to players. Um, if they're doing the same system with End of Dragons, I don't know because I haven't. I haven't. I've been. I have, the only thing I've seen is the, the the trailer they released the other day when they announced the um, launch date. Um, if it's two hundred and fifty hero points or however many, I, my engineer's ready. It can before before we even go mm. camphor, I can get the mechanist done. And I think for me, that's a real disappointment. It's a real shame that I can click a button, and I'm I have my new elite spec. As I said, it's convenience. And the convenience is wonderful, but also it's a little bit on the disappointing side that actually 
like I said, you could you could story lock those um, elite specs and give people a rich story to 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 go by. And I think that would be really good. And I, and I don't think the community would be mad about it. I think they'd appreciate it. Yeah, especially in, in PvE, because in PvP, you already have your elite specs yeah. uh, automatically unlocked. So if you want to do, and you're a PvPer, you don't have to go to PvE to acquire those things. No, It's convenient for you as a PvP player if you don't care about the open world experience, but people who play the open world experience, you know, we're not going to have extremely consistent, challenging endgame content. At least you know, go the go the full nine yards with developing the lore and quest lines and open world quest, quest lines. Yeah, no, I agree. You can even do it in World, of, world versus World. If people in World versus World didn't do PVE, you could have a, an, a, a, a the ability for them to unlock their class World v World only. And we know full well that Arena Net can do things game or game state a game mode specific because they do it with skills they have that skill works like this in pve that skill works like this in pvp and worldly world okay this elite spec will be unlocked in worldly world and that's and it won't unlock anywhere else they can do that unless you do this in pve we know they can do it they choose not to because unfortunately arena net they love to they love that convenience they love to cater for convenience very convenient very convenient which does give it a little bit of an edge over other mmos but i've been playing this game for so long that i'm like almost craving a little bit of punishment (laughs) in a sense where it's like i want to feel a challenge i want to feel a sense of of a storyline something more logical you don't a challenge isn't just going into a fractal with white gear um and seeing if you can survive that's not a challenge I, I know exactly what you mean. It's one of the reasons why I did stop playing Guild Wars is because actually the the, the there was no want, there's no tangible want to progress because once you've unlocked it or you've got those things, it's almost like, well, okay, I can instantly unlock that. What am I actually fighting for? But hmm. I do agree. It is an underrated gem. And I know we just kind of, we kind of, you know, ragged on it because of the unpopular game opinion and, and with the underrated gem. Listen to me and Kruf here. Go play it. It's free to play. Yes. It's one of the best MMOs that you will experience. Not every game, no game is perfect. Uh, if you can find me a perfect game, then please come and speak to me because it isn't Pong. a perfect... Yeah. Okay, right. Pac-Man. Yeah, you win. I, I've i lost again. Well, I'm getting beat on my own show. Um, I should have had you bet some money before then. Yeah, you should have done. Uh, I agree, um, w- but I won't. I won't be defeated just yet. Because now we've got to play good cop, bad cop. Two games oh, no. that you would leave behind. Now this is the part of the show where I get to sit back. But before you do, I've added a new part to this, which is I ask our guest which of the games of our previous guests would they leave behind so mm-hmm. i was joined by uh, a ch- chap called keith he hosts the main quest podcast and he chose <laughs> just reading back what he chose and uh, i'm giggling because uh, he chose uh, if his games to leave behind one was 12 minutes and what the hell is that it's a uh, just keep it like that don't don't even go search for it don't even play it it's the weirdest no 
I can't even explain it. It's horrible. Okay? It really is. And the puzzles are so obtuse. You need a guide to complete the puzzles. They're that bad. It's a top down thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want punishment, go play that. Um, (laughs) And the other one he was going to leave behind was all Pokemon games. (laughs) (laughs) What a way to cheat. Yeah. All Pokemon games. Wow. Who hurt him? It's just Pokemon games. So you must choose one of those. To leave behind. Uh, as, as of his previous choice. No, no, to leave behind. We, or which one would you leave behind? Oh, and then we'll get on to your two choices. Uh, obviously, well, t- 12 minutes you haven't played, so I think that would be cheating. Well, I'm a cheat. 12 minutes. <laughs> I, I don't want to have the social backlash of me exiling all Pokemon games. I'm going to save Pokemon. 12 minutes. I don't know you. I never met you. You never talked to me. I'm going to kick you to the curb. Bye. <laughs> I've had all sorts. We've had Bloodborne, Battletoads, Batman Arkham City, Five Nights at Freddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've had uh, two games left behind. Crash Bandicoot 2 and Spyro the Dragon. Um, yeah, we've had a lot of real... This is this is the bit where I sit here and go, yeah, Twitter is going to love me. Because what should happen is I should put a Twitter poll out, if I remember, of the games that you choose. So, Kroof, your first game <laughs> and why. Okay. I'm so sorry. Oh. But if this is my island... And the surface area is getting cluttered, and I have to kick off two games. I'm so, so, so sorry. But Minecraft, you gotta go, buddy. I'm so... I, I will send you a, a fruit basket. I'll send you an edible arrangement. I'll send you a check that will default. I don't care. You gotta get off the island. So Minecraft, I think, would be my very first pick because it just it never, it never connected to me. And it was so popular, and I... My brain didn't allow me to love it. For that reason, you get the boot. Oh, don't worry about not. Don't worry about leaving uh, Pokemon games behind. You've just killed your career in one hit there. Uh, well, you know, I bask in the chaos. I yeah. bask in the in the fire. Uh, yeah, you, that's definitely chaos. So, Minecraft. Uh, what is your second game and <sighs> why? I think Minecraft is just such a large unit in my brain that I can't even think of a second one. Um another game i don't really have a lot of fondness for um damn a part of me wants to leave behind uh, probably like i don't want to say i'll show the line (laughs) i'm gonna really get killed for that um screw it i would say leave behind among us i think among us was a great fad a great phase and it is a fun party game but I think I'm going to, if it's on my island, I'd have to get rid of Among Us. Who am I going to play Among Us with on that island? I don't have any friends. That's a logical, way, that's a logical way of putting it, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, I, I dug myself out of that hole. Uh, I don't know. We'll let Twitter decide if you're out of any hole there. Uh, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Minecraft and Among Us. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not as bad as, I had one guest on. And they, both games were Stardew Valley. And they were that adamant that they just wanted to leave <laughs> Stardew Valley behind. That they picked it twice. I was like, oh. Wow, like... I mean, hey, I don't I've never played Stardew Valley. I, I mean, if I had the option, I'd probably kick that out too. Yeah, 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 a lot of people would. But I've never I've, I've never met someone with so much hatred towards it. I was like, I give you two choices and you choose Stardew twice. Hatred is another thing. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, Kroof, thank you for joining me on Desert Island Games this week. I really appreciate your time. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you again on your corner of the internet. 
Thank you so much for having me. This was actually like really enjoyable, a lot of fun, great podcast. But um, you can find me at Kroof on YouTube, where I do a lot of videos about MMOs, particularly Guild Wars 2. But I'm also on Twitch, Kroof underscore stream, basically like every day throughout the week. Also on Twitter, if you want some nice, wholesome and not memes <laughs> everyone loves a twitter meme well thank you again for your time i really appreciate it uh as i said uh all the crew socials will be on the and where you can find um on the podcast link uh so you on the description so make sure you go check them out go give them some love uh follow support um all my guests that come on designing games again thank you very much Cruz, and we'll see you soon